Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than Ravana, Rebel HQ contributor and amazing individual. Should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Ted Cruz reveals that he actually knew Donald Trump was lying. There was no fraud. He said this back in 2020. We have the recording because a Fox News producer leaked it to MSNBC. Here's the irony of it all. We are so far in the abyss, ladies and gentlemen, that a politician telling the truth in 2020 is national news in 2023. Here it is. It can't just be, you know, somebody tweeted this. It's gotta be demonstrable facts that can be laid out with evidence because that's what a court of law is gonna look to, not, not just an allegation, but actual facts. And so, I, you know, I'm hopeful, you know, I hope when Rudy comes on, on the, the show tomorrow, he has some of those facts, and I hope the legal team continues to lay out the specific evidence because that's what it's going to take to prevail in court. Yeah, Ted. Rudy lied so much, the man lost his license to practice. Do you know how much lying a lawyer has to do to lose their license to practice? All right. So, Ted Cruz being exposed as the hypocrite we have always known him to be. Now, remember when the bromance started between Trump and Teddy? Here it is. If I could say, you know, remember Lion, Lion? I won't say Lion Ted, I refuse to say. Lion Ted. Holds that Bible high, puts it down, and then he lies. Donald is a bully. The man is utterly amoral. In just 15 days, the people of Texas are going to reelect a man who has become a really good friend of mine. You know, we had our little difficulties, right? But actually, if you remember, the beginning, it was a love fest. He is choking like a dog because he's losing so badly. We have to put him away tomorrow. This man is a pathological liar, a narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen. I'm proud to have worked hand in hand with President Trump to repeal job killing regulations that were hammering the state of Texas. I think he's crazy. I honestly, I think he's crazy. Nobody has helped me more with your tax cuts, with your regulation, with all of the things that we're doing, including military and our vets, than Senator Ted Cruz, nobody. Donald, you're a sniveling coward and leave Heidi the hell alone. So will you support him as the nominee? I'm going to beat him for the nomination. He is question, not. Senator, I am answering the question. Donald Trump will not be the nominee. He's leading right now. You Donald just looked Trump in that camera and said he's a coward. Will you support him as the nominee? Donald Trump will not be the nominee. In 2020, Donald Trump will be overwhelmingly reelected as president of the United States. Yep. You see, Ted Cruz defies medical science every day by standing upright with no backbone. Ted, the man called your wife ugly. He said your daddy killed JFK. How do you still encourage anyone to support the shenanigans of Donald Trump? 
this is going to be interesting. Obviously, this is going to um, be more. Yeah, a lot more. Let's put it up. Senator Ted Cruz. Out of Texas, recorded in a call with a Fox News business host, urging her to stick to the facts. That's your background. Stick to the facts on her coverage of the 2020 election. He wants somebody at Fox News to tell the truth. All right. Obviously, the producer thought this was a problem. Um, so the recording started. How dare you tell us at Fox News to tell the truth? There's more. Um, I can't. It can't just be, he says, you know, somebody tweeted this. It's got to be demonstrable facts that can be laid out with evidence because that's what a court of law is going to look to. Not just an allegation, but actual facts. That's what he said. OK, but Cruz went on to take another route, going to the floor of Congress to proclaim the lawmakers could not in good faith certify the 2020 election if there were questions about it. There's more. Let me be clear. I am not arg arguing for setting aside the result of this election. He's talking out of three sides at this point. All of us are faced with two choices, both of which are lousy. That's what Cruz told his colleagues. One choice is vote against the objection. And tens of millions of Americans will see a vote against the objection as a statement that voter fraud doesn't matter, isn't real, and shouldn't be taken seriously. And a great many of us don't believe that. On the other hand, he says, most, if not all of us believe, we should not set aside the results of an election just because our candidate may not have prevailed. And so I endeavored to look for door number three, the third option. And for that, I looked to history, to the precedent of the 1876 election, the Hayes uh, Tilden election, where this Congress appointed an electoral commission to examine claims of voter fraud, five House members, five senators, five Supreme Court justices examined the evidence, rendered a judge judgment. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's the reality here? All of them are play actors. That's the reality. Tucker Carlson, uh, he doesn't have any respect for his viewers. Uh, he continues to spew rhetoric because it makes him money. Definition of sellout. Ted Cruz, obviously, not drinking the Kool-Aid, just acts like he does in public. Lindsey Graham, another one, who used to talk with common sense, but no more. Mitch McConnell was compromised since day one. So what does this say? It says that they are okay with being simply actors and nothing else. And the people that consume their rhetoric, they are okay with the fact that these individuals are not authentic in what they believe because they are still pushing the agenda of white supremacy, bigotry, hatred, and racism. And as long as that agenda is pushed and promoted, they will, they will cover over the sins of Donald Trump. They will make you think somehow that Herschel Walker is actually qualified to be a U.S. senator. They will go to the extreme in order to protect theirs. All right, Ravonna, thoughts on this? 
Yeah, well, firstly, I really enjoyed the the audio recording of Ted Cruz saying that Rudy's going to come in and bring the facts because if right. there's one thing we all know Rudy Giuliani is known for, it's it's his integrity and his honesty. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I really did also like the video just showing how two-faced Ted Cruz is and, I mean, how willing he is to debase himself to appease not just Donald Trump but the Donald Trump supporters. I mean, he let, like you said, he let Donald Trump call his wife ugly and then phone banked for the man. He endorsed him. He campaigned for him. But this type of hypocrisy, this lack of integrity, we see it in these Republican politicians all the time, especially in leaked audio recordings We saw it with Kevin McCarthy and particularly pertaining to the election results. We saw all of these Republicans who, you know, uh, representatives specifically who were willing to vote not to certify the election results. But then behind closed doors, we're getting these leaked tapes of them saying, I know there wasn't anything funny going on in the election. I know that the results are probably right. I know that Trump didn't win, which on one hand concerns me because it really does show how you know, strong within the Republican Party, they see the MAGA base of voters. They're really afraid to go against them, um, willing to, you know, throw truth out the window in order to appease them. Not that I think they had a super strong relationship with the truth beforehand, but just to see this, you know, extremism within the party and become the forward facing aspect of the Republican Party is concerning. Um, but, you know, I, I, on the other hand, when we show this type of hypocrisy, it doesn't seem to have any impact on the Republican voters. It doesn't seem to, you know, the Republicans themselves don't seem to care that they're being hypocritical. They'll do it on the news, you know, back to back. They'll change their opinions from one day to the next. But, you know, I do think it's important to highlight, um, you know, for for these viewers and, you know, for anybody who is less engaged in politics so that they can see, you know, that there isn't, you know, two equal sides, these two parties who just have ideological differences. Like this is, you know, a party that promotes fascist ideology. They do not care about telling the truth. And, you know, ultimately, like you mentioned, they, they're, you know, promoting white supremacy within their party. Yeah. And we also have an emerging voting class and that voting class is listening to the propaganda rhetoric, facts and lies from each side. So we want to make sure we try our best to keep the record straight here. Okay, recording comes out, elected officials calling black people racial slurs, talking about wanting to lynch, wanting to kill, wanting to eliminate. And also, obviously, they know hit men. I mean, it's Oklahoma. Let's go to the recording because now we got at least one resignation, maybe more. Here it is. They're insignificant in my life. Yes. Uh, they, they bring the whole side. It goes around, goes around. It, it's, it will. I told you it will. Yeah. Well, I, know, I know where two big deep holes are here. I can't ask you about it. Well, these are our three duds. But the yeah. thing of it is, you know. We actually told the truth. I've known two or three hit men that are very quiet guys. Yeah. And would cut no mercy. Yeah. In Louisiana, because it's all mafia around yeah. Louisiana. Oh, yeah. yeah, but here's the reality. It's a hair on his wife's head, pursuing him's head, or any of those people that really were behind all that. If the hair on their head got touched by anybody, who who would be the bad guys? Who'd you blame for? Yeah. I heard the other day, said, I heard 10 or 12 people going to your surf. I said, let's get 20. They don't have a goddamn clue what they're getting into. Oh, it, yeah, Not but, it's, it's, a, it's a, but, but everybody. But I'm going to tell you something. 
If we back in the day, would they, like would Alan Marshall take a damn blackjack, whoop their ass, and throw them in the cell? I'd run the <laughs> chair. Yeah. Well, it's not like that no more. I know. <laughs> Take them down to a mud creek and hang them up with the damn rope. Yeah. But you can't and do that. About it, they got more rights than we got. Oh, sir. You know, I'm going to um, enjoy this. Put them all up. We got one who has resigned. To the other two who remain, do so at your own political peril because I let nothing go. You are in a position of political decision-making, which is policy. That policy adversely impacts those you're racist against. Mark Jennings, the okay, the, uh, excuse me, the Oklahoma official who spewed the racist vitriol about hanging black community members. Also, he mentioned hiring a hitman, has now been the first of three members recorded to resign. You still have two who are active. We'll get into that in a moment. Let's put up the resignation letter. All right, there it is. He literally wrote a letter. McCurtain County Sheriff's Office released a statement touting the covertly obtained recording as the highlighted offense rather than officials contemplating trying to kill citizens um, and calling hitmen upon reporters. Uh, the officials were also defended as victims. Let's put it up. Okay. Now, what did they say? So the county sheriff's office says, and I quote, um, the last 72 hours have been amongst the most difficult and disruptive in recent history memory. These uh, this, excuse me, is a very complex situation and one we regret having to address. There is and has been an ongoing investigation into multiple significant violations of the Oklahoma Security Communications Act, Title 13, Chapter 176.3 and 176.4, which states that it is illegal, it is illegal to secretly record a conversation in which you are not involved and do not have the consent of at least one of the involved parties. They are more concerned about some ridiculous statute that, by the way, many states don't have it that way. But this state does. So he's upset, the sheriff. Uh, somebody recorded him. Uh-oh. He doesn't care that people are talking about killing folk who are in position to actually do it. There's more. Uh, additionally, their claims of audio manipulation, all right, that's what they were claiming, um, are bewildering, many considering a corrupt history which has now sparked outrage. Let's put it up. Uh, Willingham is seeking damages from the McCurtain County Commission. Now, who is this person? This individual uh, is from the county as a reporter, a journalist, okay, the Gazette reporter. And McCurtain, the county sheriff's office, Sheriff Kevin Clardy and Sheriff's investigator Alicia Manning, the newspaper's investigation covered several topics, including allegations of malfeasance. They're writing about the elected officials. So there's an allegation of malfeasance at the sheriff's office, along with their reported refusal to disclose public crime reports to Willingham. 
when he asked for information about the death of Bobby Barrick, he cited difficulties by the newspaper in obtaining basic reports and received limited documentation. That is against the law. That is against the law. That is a violation of not only their state statute, it is a violation of federal law. Okay, there's more. Uh, let me give you more details about the actual um, allegation of corruption. All right. The lawsuit claims that Clardy and Manning began investigating which office employees were speaking to the newspaper. Once again, concerned about the wrong damn thing. Okay. And were attempting to get a search warrant for the phone of Mr. Willingham. The sheriff reportedly threatened to fire anyone who talks to the reporter. Willingham's lawsuit also alleges that Manning, who is third in command at the sheriff's office, unlawfully retaliated against him over the articles about the malfeasance allegations. And the petition claims that she allegedly slandered him saying that Willingham exchanged marijuana for sexually explicit images of children from a man who had been arrested on child sex abuse image charges. Willingham's lawsuit says those statements are both false and slanderous. So on the heels of the remarks and the lawsuit, we have more, all right? There was a community uh, public meeting. We are asking for the resignations of the following people because of their actions taken. Because of the audio and because of their failure to lead and because of the trust that is involved in this community and because they are not holding themselves or being held to a higher standard, we're asking for the resignations of one Alicia Manning, one Kevin Clardy, one Mark Jennings, one Larry Hendricks, and one Robert Beck, according to Watson. Now, this is more dangerous than you can probably imagine. While some may look at this as individuals engaged in a private conversation and it should be left private, please understand these folks have public positions, positions of high public trust. You give someone a gun and a badge and immunity and they are flagrantly racist, that is a problem. You put somebody in a position of policy authority, they can do damage that cannot be unraveled for 100 years based on policy. And at the same time, gaslighting you, telling you this has nothing to do with race, this has nothing to do with bigotry, this has nothing to do with bias, all while passing laws adverse to communities of color. Well, now we have it on record. The sheriff's office, they're more concerned about the protocol of how it got on record. That's what a, an attorney is for, Sheriff, not you. You heard people plotting to commit crimes against citizens. That's what you heard. But instead of taking that investigation to the natural conclusion, you're citing a law that should only be cited in the rules of evidence for court, not a charge. All right, my dear sister, you you have law school under your belt too. Do I see this wrong? No, I think you see it exactly right as far as that, that goes. And I really think that the reason they're pushing this narrative is that you know the recording was obtained illegally, it should never be made public, is really because the contents of the tape are indefensible. 
They yeah. have to, you know, try to change the conversation because if they have to have a conversation about what was said in that room, they there's no way they come on out on top of that. They will always look horrible. And at the end, you know, they're only making themselves look more horrible, in my opinion, by yep. protecting what was said in that room. But I also think that the story goes uh, a long way in undermining the narrative that the police are there to serve and protect the public. They're there to serve and protect themselves because when we see these instances where information that should be known to the public is put out, the police are quick to attack the journalists providing that information and they're they're quick to crack down even within their own ranks on the individuals who are speaking out against the corruption within the police uh, department. So even the thin blue line narrative, you know, comes into question. Are they they're not even willing to protect one another if they think though that person is insufficiently loyal to what is the racist institution of policing in America? Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? All right, Dr. Phil. Yeah, I knew this would happen eventually. Dr. Phil says it would be an absolute disaster if you gave black people money for reparations. Here it is. The first condition is that reparations should be paid to black Americans whose ancestors were enslaved in the United States. And this would require an expenditure of $14 trillion which would be distributed evenly across the 40 million black American descendants of U.S. slavery. That would be approximately $350,000 per person. If you take $350,000 or $840,000 and you write a check to any group of people, black, white, you know, poor, homeless, whatever you give any group of people that much money and say there you go best of luck and you come back in six months they're going to be broke so whatever reparations are done that would be an absolute disaster as opposed to guidance and help and creating generational wealth as opposed to income that would be an absolute disaster don't you dare allow this con artist to persuade you away from the real conversation. He is a con artist in my humble opinion. Let me tell you why I think Phil cons people. He masquerades as if he is some kind of redeemer by exploiting the problems of everyday human beings and typically not providing the holistic support required to create a generational remedy for the dysfunction. Now, Dr. Field decided to opine on reparations. He's factually incorrect on a few things. Number one, Doc, you owe your entire damn career to a black woman named, named Oprah. You need to be careful here. Facilitating the conversation is one thing trying to take it over something else. Professor Dougherty had some good points and he was making a calculation based on the question given directly to him. Not the only way possibly to do reparations, but I'm going to break down how actually America's for reparations. Dr. Field likely is for those reparations as well. Here it is. So Dr. Field had some folks on social media uh, dragging him to hell after he said 
Providing cash reparations for slavery will be an absolute disaster. During an episode of his talk show on April 18th, the talk show host made the statement after the economist from Duke University, Professor William A. Darty Jr., who said 14 trillion should be distributed evenly to the 40 million black descendants of slavery in America, that comes out to $350,000 per person, uh, holistically inadequate. The payments would be an attempt to help eliminate the wealth disparity between black and white Americans, which he said is about 840,000. The professor co-authored the book, From Here to Equality, Reparations for Black Americans in the 21st Century. Let me say this about the concept of reparations because some people get it confused with a handout. You see, reparations means repair. That's what it means, typically in the context of governmental repair. And in order for you to get to that repair, you must acknowledge that something has been broken. Once you acknowledge something has been broken, you then seek to find what or who broke it because they are responsible to fix it. Well, in this case, we're talking about the United States government. The government broke it. So when there's an argument about, well, this is about white people paying for black people. Hell no, I pay taxes. That means that my tax dollars will go to the same reparations that we're trying to correct. Everybody pays taxes in America, all right, virtually. So you go to this argument of, well, they're not ready for the money. That's basically what Dr. Field is saying. Now he tried to um, straighten it up afterwards by saying, oh, I'm talking about any group of, of people. No, you weren't. That The whole damn show, sir, is about reparations to black folk, not just reparations. Reparations to black people was your show. So let's go down the list here, all right? Uh, there is a substantial history of the United States government providing financial assets to white citizens when it did not provide similar assets to black citizens, said the professor. The US government gave one and a half million white families in the United States 160 acre land grants in the Western territories under the Homestead Act of 1860. These folks did not know how to even farm. That was a transfer that has resulted in a situation in which 45 million living white Americans are continuing to benefit from those same land patents. It takes Dr. King's speech, breaking this down to give you a full appreciation for how it created immediate, instant generational wealth for white families only in the United States of America. And then they gave them money, training. There's more. By 1992, I want to remind you of this. By 1992, the U.S. government eventually dispersed more than 1.6 billion, that's equivalent to 3.67 billion in 2021 in reparations to eight 82,219 Japanese Americans who have been illegally incarcerated during that saga. Once again, wholly, wholly inappropriate as far as the number is concerned, completely undervalued here for what carnage they created. But it is a reparations package that the government passed. They did not wax poetic about will the Japanese be able to spend this money the right way before we give it to them? No, that was not the conversation before. There's more. After World War II, 
Congress created the Indian Claims Commission to pay compensation to any federally recognized tribe for land that had been seized by the United States. Once again, wholly inappropriate for what they did, but still a form of reparations, government repair through the payment of dividends or even other benefits. Not enough? Well, slave owners received reparations as well. On April 16, 1862, President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill emancipating enslaved people in Washington, the end of a long struggle. But to ease the slave owners' pain, the District of Columbia Emancipation Act also paid those loyal to the Union up to $300 for every enslaved person freed. That's right, slave owners got reparations. Enslaved African-Americans got nothing for their generations of stolen bodies, snatched children, and expropriated labor other than their mere release from legal bondage. There you have it. So next time Dr. Field would like to provide his conclusive way of not giving black people what they already earned. I want you to keep something in mind, Doc. You know how many families get generational wealth transferred to them and they may not be ready for it? Will there be some level of mismanagement? Of course, of course. But that's not the prerequisite. It is already their money. Deal with it. All right. Ravonna, thoughts here? Yeah, I really have a hard time seeing criticisms of reparations as anything other than uh, racism, because we already have a system in the United States where we agree that people can be made whole by uh, by financially repairing them for a harm that they've suffered in the form of uh, lawsuits. That's right. Damages are given to people in an attempt to make them whole from a harm they've suffered every single day. It plays out in our courts. Um, but also, I want to talk about just quickly how he said that we shouldn't be giving, you know, black people money because we should be teaching them how to manage their money to build generational wealth, which I think is, first of all, it's it's mask off racism because what he's saying is that black people could be wealthy if the, if only we had taught them how to manage their money, which is just, you know, racist and insulting. But also the idea that what generational wealth isn't built by giving people money, <laughs> by having right. a starting point. I mean, it's the ability to, you know, buy property. And that's, you know, the number one way that wealth is passed on, you know, real property. So, I mean, there's no way to paint this other than it was mask off racism by Dr. Phil. And if I never have to hear that ignorant man spew his opinion on any topic ever again, it would be too soon, honestly. I just wish he wouldn't have a show anymore. Yeah. Well, good luck on that. All right, <laughs> we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Okay, let me read a couple of these comments. I'm kind of pressed for time. to read as many as I can. I appreciate everyone for always joining the conversation. Okay. We have... Interesting. Eclectic miscellanea. I just looked up pathetic on uh, on Wikipedia and all it says is see Ted Cruz. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Um, Lynn says WTF quali qualifications does Dr. Phil have to even comment on this? Yeah. 
uh, Chris Frederick, member for eight months. Thank you so much for that. To deserve and protect themselves, law enforcement. All right, one more. Okay, Jax Drax says they hate being exposed, but love being racist. That's a very good point. Astute observation, I will call that. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're I feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell an African-American man threatening my life. Y'all see this? This man okay. is messing with me while I'm at work. He's messing with me while I'm at work. He called the police on me because I'm at work. He called the police on me because I'm at work. I don't care. You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? Did you not feel me? Did you feel me? Did you feel me? No. Yes, you did. I did not. Let me see you. Why do I have to show you? All right, then, because you're lying. No, I didn't. This I man wrote down called. Your hey, plate. this I wrote man down your called. Oh, you wrote down my license plate? Yes, because Without I'm allowed consent. to. No, you're not. I'm not allowed to. That's fucking. I'm not allowed to. Write Anyways, I like people. I look suspicious because I'm black. No, let's just let's call it what it is. Let's just call it what it is. He said I parked in front of a bunch of houses. I'm at work. I'm at work. I'm at work. I have a whole vest on. I got a tablet in my hand. Who I'm going to rob with a tablet? Who I'm going to rob in a tablet? I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you nothing. He's dumb. He's dumb. He's dumb. Call him. I don't give a Call him. They can be on the way. I'll still be here. I'll still be here. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't. He said, where's the rule at? It's no, it's not sign. It's no sign that says no loitering. It's no sign that says no loitering. It's no sign that says no. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Call them. I'm not doing. I'll come here and talk. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen because it's already happened before. They're gonna come. They're gonna ask you questions. They're gonna say, oh, is he a threat? They're gonna say, oh, is he a threat? You're gonna say, no, he's not a threat. He's saying that you're being suspicious. They're gonna look at you dumb. This has happened too many times. You, you sound think? stupid, bitch. Get off of my you sound property. stupid, bitch. Get off of my you's property. A, you a bitch. I don't give a bitch. He has some anti-carrot in him as well. The young man was actually just working. He was doing his job. He had his tablet, had his work ID, and his work vest. It is obvious he's not committing any crime. Now, we have seen this many times before. This is basically another permeation of somebody requiring you give them freedom papers. Show me that you can exist here, that you belong here, that you can walk around free like me. You know, it's interesting. When they do this to people, I wonder how they would feel if the person turns around and just does it to them. Now you show me your ID. Are you supposed to be here? I don't see anything official. Why are you in my space? See, they would never comprehend somebody talking to them that way. The reason is because they believe they belong where they are. They simply don't believe you do. All right. There was an update. It was a very sad update to this. Uh, the young man ended up being fired, according to his update from his company. And he said his company really was not very concerned during the Zoom meeting about what happened to him, the racism he experienced. You see, that's a very dangerous situation. You call the police on a black male, it's no telling what can happen. That's a life and death situation. You think about that. Now, not only in the moment, but also beyond the moment. It sticks with you because you know how things could have went down. And you also know how 
what did go down was completely unnecessary. But he gets fired. He said his supervisor, who happens to be a black woman, uh, was made to do the firing and she did not want to. But he did say he received the biggest hug from her before he was let go. All right. Ravonna thoughts here. I mean, that's really a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, because if he, you know, capitulated to what the 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 white people who were, you know, berating him were asking, he's not working anymore. And now he's probably going to get fired for not doing his job. Uh, you know, if if he, you know, and versus, you know, what he did do, you know, which was respond to them, show them that he is supposed to be there and he got fired anyway. So I mean, what, what exactly was he supposed to do in that situation? Right. But I will say there's like a, a, you know, and with these Karens and these racist Karens, we all in Ken's, I suppose, is the other one. Kevin, maybe. Um, but what we see is this level of entitlement, especially from the man who starts off by saying, you, you're on my property. I lease this property. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> so it's not your property, actually. Maybe you should check up with your landlord to see if you're supposed to be having work done on the property right now, because he would have the authority uh, to to authorize that to happen, not you. So, right. <laughs> but it's not even his property, and he's still still so entitled and still you know ready to to stand there and say, well, I know you're not supposed to be here. Yep. To the uh, you know, and it's it's just racism. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we provide this mirror reflection and possible correction. Okay, what if I told you that? Someone at Walgreens is shot. A pregnant woman is shot at a Walgreens over theft. Let's put up the famous mega store. All right. So Walgreens has an employee. There's an employee who claims the shooting was done in self-defense. And this employee shot a pregnant woman who workers say was caught shoplifting. So a woman who was seven months pregnant was shot by a Walgreens employee in Nashville, Tennessee, this week after he suspected she had stolen cosmetics from the store's pharmacy, according to the police. Now, she and her newborn baby remain hospitalized after undergoing an emergency C-section. A Walgreens, a Walgreens team leader shot 24-year-old Trevashna Ferguson in the store's parking lot on Wednesday evening after he followed her out of the store when he was tipped off of her alleged shoplifting. That's what Nashville police said in a news statement. Materius Boy, 21 years of age, claims he fired his semi-automatic weapon in self-defense, because he said he was in fear and didn't know if Miss Ferguson and another woman was with, uh, she was with, was armed. Now think about the irony of what has just been stated. This person has said, you know, I, I shot this uh, person because I did not know if her or her friend had a weapon or not. So I decided to just go ahead and conclude they did uh, and conclude that the weapon was going to be used against me if they had one uh, and shoot them as a preemptive strategy. Now, 
to the Walgreens employees. Uh, George Bush Jr. got away with that, um, but sir, you should not. He should not have either. Let's put it up for a master picture. You know, it's such an inviting place. I mean, they look very similar all around the country. Seemingly nice people, typically. I have a Walgreens not too far from where I live. Nice people. Another employee told Boyd two women were allegedly shoplifting cosmetics from the store. Police said he began recording the women on his cell phone as they placed items in a shopping cart and a large shoulder bag, police said. And he later followed the women to the car in the parking lot as they began to place the items into the car's trunk. As he approached the rear of the car, one of the women poured out a can of mace and sprayed as boy started shooting. That's according to the police. An emergency C-section was performed on the victim, police said, and her baby was not injured by the gunfire. Thank God. At last report Thursday, both Ms. Ferguson and the baby were hospitalized in critical condition. Police said the Nashville DA will determine whether Boyd will face charges. Isn't this ironic? Walgreens has fired Boyd. Okay, here's their statement about the incident. Let's put it up. The safety of our patients, customers, and team members is our top priority. And violence of any kind will not be tolerated at our stores, Walgreens said. We take this matter seriously and are cooperating with local authorities. <laughs> well, damn, Walgreens obviously believes he did something illegal. Wrong. Uh, the police, the DA, mm, pregnant woman shot with a gun, but she was shoplifting. I mean, you see, the interaction is already insane. Okay, it really is. Why do you have a semi-automatic weapon running after a pregnant woman because she stole some damn cosmetics? Doesn't make sense. But that is the world we live in, and he knows it because did he get arrested for it? No, got fired, not arrested. We'll stay on top of this story as it develops. Rayvana, once again. I mean, it's it's a horrible story, um, but I do want to go back to what you were discussing, the statement that he said, you know, I didn't know if she had a gun or not. Um, and people oftentimes claim self-defense and they bring up that, you know, I didn't know if this other person had a gun or not, if they were concealing a weapon or not. And sometimes people who are even charged with murder get away on self-defense because they say that. And I think that that's the entire point of concealed carry. And it was marketed heavily as, you know, people are not going to want to you know, approach one another in a violent way. People are going to be less likely to get into fights with one another because they, they don't know if the other person has a gun. When in the, the reality has been, people are more scared of one another because they don't know if the other person has a gun. And then things like this happen where you preemptively shoot the other person because you're fearful that they have a gun. The other thing is, if you work for a corporation doing any sort of loss prevention, you're, and you know there are cases where you don't know if the person stealing has a gun, your life is not worth the marginal profit loss for that massive corporation. Don't put your health and safety on the line. If you really thought she had a gun, why are you chasing after her? You had all the evidence you needed. You recorded her stealing. That's it, that's yeah. done, you're done. <laughs> 
That's yeah. all you need. You got the, the cameras in the parking lot. You have her license plate number. That's all. There's no need to ever approach someone in a shoplifting situation, let alone a pregnant woman when you know that you have a weapon on you. It's absurd. He needs to be charged. He needs to be charged. Immediately. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. I'm going to read just a couple of comments. Got to be very quick. Um, thank you all for always joining the conversation. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, C. Michael Hinton. Um, shoot first and ask questions never. That's right. Uh, Jen Hack, uh, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for the support. I think this is Rice or Reese. Uh, thank you for that. The power these people get from guns is shameful. In every case, it's the same thing. Ex extreme excessive use of force. There you go. Um, it's very clear his life was not in danger. There was no imminent threat, okay? The man just decided to start shooting. He could have killed everybody. All right. I'll be damned. A Karen apologizes. So just a few days ago, we covered a CEO Karen who did this to her employees. Here it is came through about how can we stay motivated if we're not going to get a bonus? What can we do? What can we do? Some of them were nice and some of them were not so nice. So I'm going to address this head on. The most important thing we can do right now is focus on the things that we can control. None of us could have predicted COVID. None of us could have predicted supply chain. None of us could have predicted bank failures. But what we can do is stay in front of our customers, provide the best customer service we can, get our orders out our door, treat each other well, be kind, be respectful, focus on the future because it will be bright. It's not good to be in a situation we're in today, but we're not gonna be here forever. It is going to get better. So lead, lead by example, treat people well, talk to them, be kind and get after it. Don't ask about what are we gonna do if you don't get a bonus? Get the damn $26 million. Spend your time and your effort thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if we don't get a bonus. All right? Can I get some commitment for that? I would appreciate that. I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. So people, leave Pity City. Let's get it done. Thank you. Have a great day. It was when she whispered while rocking back that gave it all away. Put up the picture full mass. We have an update. CEO Karen wants to redeem herself. So this is an update to a story we covered. She has now issued an apology for the viral clip. Andy Owen is the CEO and president of the office furniture giant Miller Knoll. Initial response from the company about the viral clip. See, the comment angered employees enough for Owen to meet with the company, to meet with company leaders, and sent an initial message to associates. But Miller Knoll initially struck a defiant tone in a statement to Motherboard saying that Owen would, and I quote, not be dissuaded by a 90 second clip taken out of context. All right, so here we go. Um, after multiple outlets reported on the matter, including Indisputable, 
Ms. Owens, Ms. Owen issued an apology to our employees. Uh, here's part of that email, okay? As a leader, I try to always pick the right words and tone to inspire and motivate this incredible team. I want to be transparent and empathetic. And as I continue to reflect on this instance, I feel terrible that my rallying cry seemed insensitive. What I'd hoped would energize the team to meet a challenge we've met many times before landed in a way that I did not intend. And for that, I am sorry. Now, let me give you the reason why it was insensitive, another layer. While she's talking about, you need to forget about your bonus and think about my 26 million that you need to make. While she's saying that, she's sitting on a fat six plus million dollar bonus herself. So she bonuses herself while eliminating the bonus for her employees. Now listen, every CEO can make a decision like that and dump on those who make the engine run. But why would you do that? Why would you do that? For you to get a six million plus dollar bonus and tell your employees they can get nothing and then get uh, indignant about the whole matter. Well, that's why they felt it was insensitive matter. All right, so the background on the company, Miller Knoll, uh, which produces some of the most uh, well-regarded um, overpriced chairs in the country. I added overpriced myself, uh, including the Aaron chair has struggled in recent years as companies have reconsidered their needs for a traditional, for traditional office environment. To combat a slumping share price, the company has enacted a series of cost-cutting measures in recent years, including layoffs. Bonuses for the 2023 fiscal year have yet to be decided according to the company. All right, Ravana, thoughts here. Yeah, first I want to say if you ever see a Karen rocking back and forth who starts whispering really intensely, take cover because you don't Please. know what they might do next. <laughs> but um, she talked about leadership in her apology. And I think that that's embarrassing because if you wanted to be a leader, you would forfeit your bonus and distribute it to the workers below you. That's what a good leader does. If, if your company's hitting hard times, you sacrifice for the workers who are actually producing the profits for the corporation. Do we really see that happen very often? No, but if, if she wants to be a good leader, that's what she should have done. And she still could do it now. <laughs> I don't think she will, but I think that, you know, that coupled with the fact that the apology comes after tons and tons of negative attention on her and now on the corporation as well, uh, it feels really disingenuous. She's really just trying to cover her own ass. I'm not trying to dissuade Karens from learning and growing and apologizing for the behavior moving forward. I just, I, I, I don't think it's genuine. I don't really believe her. Yeah, same. All right, there's a sheriff who mishandled guns with children in a class. The DA is seeking to remove this sheriff for that action and for other actions. Let's put up the picture full of masks. This is a hell of a story. You're looking at Calhoun County Sheriff. Uh, this is in West Virginia. His name is J. Warren Basnett, okay? 
he allegedly pointed, he allegedly was involved in an incident where students pointed guns at each other. These guns were brought to the school by the sheriff. It has now led for a call for his removal, including the county prosecutor wants him to be removed. All right. Let's put up his cache of weaponry. There it is. Yeah. Career day. Career day. So the sheriff's job came into question after pictures appeared on social media recently showing students at Calhoun Middle and Calhoun High appearing to carelessly handle weapons during a career day event. The students ended up pointing the real guns at each other, even though the sheriff said they were unloaded and missing fire pins or firing pins. Sheriff Bassnett said he was teaching the kids about firearm safety and told them not to point the weapons at each other after the incident. That's his story. Uh, let's put up the prosecutor. Calhoun County Prosecutor Nigel Jeffries delivered a report on Tuesday to the Calhoun County Commission detailing a list of reasons why the sheriff needs to be removed, telling Eyewitness News he intends to take action within the next few days. Although the incident appeared to be the catalyst for Tuesday's events, the prosecutor listed a lot of allegations as reasons for his attempt to have the sheriff removed, including having zero certified deputies, a silent auction where he is accused of selling cruisers for $100 each to a home confinement officer's father, and allegedly violating civil service procedures in promoting a deputy, among other alleged incidents. So the prosecutor says, it is my intent under chapter six, article six, section seven of the West Virginia State Code that likely by the end of the week, I will be filing a petition to remove the sheriff from office for numerous grounds. Um, let's put up one of the county commissioners here, okay? Calhoun County Commissioners, including Craig Arthur, took no formal action Tuesday, but made it clear they felt most of the responsibility should fall on the sheriff and not the school. Craig Arthur says, and I quote, the safety of children is the number one priority, regardless of the situation. So you expect an elected official to act with integrity. Removal proce uh, proceedings would stem from the commission and a determination by a circuit judge if there was sufficient reason to act. At that point, a three-judge panel to make the determination if removal should take place. The sheriff did not attend the commission meeting. Um, so this is obviously a, prob a problematic sheriff, at least according to the local authorities, right? The man won't certify his deputies. Uh, the guy is uh, appointing and promoting people in violation of the civil service um, protocol they have. Uh, and Naturally, he brings a bunch of guns to a school and lets the children play with them. All right, Rayvana, thoughts here? Yeah, I think that the the school example particularly shows what cops think their jobs is, and that's to play with guns and mm. feel like they're cool and feel like they're powerful. Because you know, if if their job was to serve and protect the public, why aren't you talking to the kids about saving lives, right? Why aren't yep. why aren't you talking to them about the good you do for the community? Instead, you're just putting guns out on a table 
and letting them point them at each other and calling that gun safety, which I guess if you're a police pointing a gun directly at someone else's face is, is you know, pretty par for the course as far as they're concerned yep. with gun safety. But it did remind me of a story we covered a few months ago where there was a an officer who came into a school and was doing the same sort of, you know, we're teaching them gun safety, and he shot a kid by accident yep. in the classroom. So, I mean, it's, it's so ridiculously unsafe. This guy's got to go. Got to go. Uh, we will bring the update. I think the DA is serious about the removal process. Okay. Um, damn shame. Black uh, women go inside of a restaurant. They get the police called on them. They're patrons. Here's a video. Actually, more. Here it is. No, I'm a paying customer. I don't care what you are. I don't clearly, told to clearly leave. you don't care. Clearly, you told to leave. You just heard what she said and took that. That's all. You've been told to leave. No, no, no. You it don't. That's not the law. Yes, it is the law. Don't be telling me what the law is. I know what the law is. Ooh, you better calm down. I don't know who you think you are. Explain to us the law. Get a drug out of here in a minute. Then play. Then explain. Stop the threat. Stop the threat. For real. What do you do? Are you going to do No, my husband. No, my husband. Sergeant in the military. Okay, so it's you, military. Put her in jail. That's what you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm 100% positive with that. 
all because Didi didn't want me in the store because I quit. And you are you've been a customer here for how long? For since January. Okay. Excuse me, sir. She he doesn't even know why. I don't know why she asked us to leave when we're paying customers. Are you the supervisor, sir? Why are you ignoring why are you, us? Why are you ignoring us? Listening, sir? We, if we were asked to leave, can she tell us why? What is the law? If we were asked to leave, what is the law? The law? I mean, yes. tell you to leave? Yes. From the establishment where I'm a customer and I'm waiting for my order. And there's actually no problem with no There's no problem yeah. You can't be served. Literally, no. you can she, he doesn't know. She doesn't know. Get your finger on my face. I'm going to put you on the ground. Boy, you better calm down. You better calm down. The chaos over nothing. There were so many ways the initial officer could have actually been human. You see, if humanity was involved from this officer, de-escalation happens. You know, sometimes people just want you to understand to understand where they're coming from, to understand that this should not happen just because we're sitting down, we're, we're paying customers. Would you want this to happen to you, officer? Would you be upset if this happened to your wife or your mother or your daughter? See yourself in the people you serve and you will always remember that you are a servant of all. And then the other officer comes, why? Walk away, there's no crime. She's not giving you a reason for the trespass. There is no official criminal trespass to enforce. What are you talking about? All right, let's do it this way. Um, let's put it up. The details surrounding the story are minimal, but the poster of the video did explain why they didn't leave the location. Ms. Mack, why do you wanna be in a store where you're not wanted? Uh, Dylan DeCrater says, I get my separation letter. I swear I can uh, leave without uh, tropical smoothies. I can live without tropical smoothies. Patricia Campos, all they had to do is ask for a supervisor. Uh, Dylan says we did. Uh, based on visuals on the video, this incident occurred at a tropical smoothie location in Texas. And based on their uniforms, Officer McGinnis and Officer Cagle appear to be a part of the Harris County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we're looking for a response now. All right, Ravana, thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that uh, that Officer Crazy Eyes was getting intensely more feral throughout the video because yeah. he, he realized that he doesn't know the law and he's angry that anyone would dare question his knowledge of the law, especially considering, and something that really bothers me is that police officers don't have to have any sort of formal education in the law, unlike, you know, lawyers have to go through at least three years of schooling, they have to pass the bar, you know, uh, police officers take like a written test, they have maybe a few months of training beforehand, if even that, and then they're supposed to be, you know, they, they have, you know, put themselves forward as the authorities on the law, when in fact, we could just see him not be able to answer their questions and become more and more angry about it because he doesn't know, because right. he doesn't know. That's right. Always a pleasure having you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Absolutely. So everyone can see my videos on Rebel HQ on YouTube and Facebook, and you can follow me for updates on Twitter at Ravana TTV. And thank you so much for having me on on this Friday. Always a pleasure. All right. We got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We had a technical issue. Let me apologize to you for that. We will have to schedule the bullpen for next week. Also, send me your prayers, positive vibes, positive thoughts. I have final exams um, tomorrow for law school for the um, end of this semester. All right, always a fun time. I'm going to read as many comments as I can, all right? Biden flavor corn pop. CEO Karen be like, let me save my damn self. Why doesn't the company save more money by letting that Karen go? Cause she ain't serious, Sally. Mo Fury, sorry that it seemed insensitive. It's never sorry for being insensitive. You picked up on that too? Classic mitigation. All right, Biden flavor corn pop again. Every corrupt law enforcement, good prosecutor here, got this sheriff, um, O, O W T. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like that. Ivan, year of the dragon. Some people think, some people that think violent video games cause mass shootings, advertise their line of work by showing off how cool it is to play with actual guns. Yeah. Manual. Um, you give the money and get no service. I will enforce this nonsense. Um, I am a criminal. I am a cop. <laughs> Trudy Lawrence. Thank you, Trudy. Um, why is, excuse me, reminds me of the boss on National Upon Christmas uh, Vacation. But unlike the boss on vacation who gave it back plus 200%, she give a tired apology. Yeah. C. Michael Henson. Thank you again, C. Michael. Why is CEO Karen talking like she is teaching kindergarten students? She must believe that they are not wise enough to see through her BS and Rias. Uh, thank you again. The power these people get from guns is shameful. In every case, it's the same extreme excessive use of force. I read that one before, but thank you. Thank you for having that. Um, and fascist killer says, but that's the problem, Dr. Richie. They do not look at those people as themselves because they don't look at African-Americans as human. Um, that's right. Not equal uh, for sure. We know that. We've seen that in operation. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Tyree Nichols' family is suing and um, decide what you think about the number, $550 million. Also, a supervisor in the Tyree Nichols associated with the incident retires with benefits. Let's give you the details. The family of Tyree Nichols filed a lawsuit against the police officers who beat Nichols during a traffic stop in Memphis, January 7th, 2023. That lawsuit also names the city of Memphis, Memphis Police Department, and Memphis Police Chief, Sarah Lynn Davis. Family is seeking, as we said, $550 million in damages for what happened to this young man. In another related development, the Memphis police supervisor on scene when Tyree Nichols was beaten to death, he died several days later, but to be clear, we all were treated to the disgustingness of that beating and know that that is when he truly was not going to survive. We saw it, we know it. That supervisor on scene has retired with his benefits the day before hearing to fire him according to documents filed to revoke his law enforcement certification. 
Lieutenant Dwayne Smith identified Friday in records obtained by media outlets as the officer that officials said earlier this month had retired before his termination hearing. Some Memphis City Council members were upset an officer was even allowed to retire before steps could be taken to fire them, including the council's vice chairman, J.B. Smiley Jr., who said it didn't seem fair that the then unidentified officer could keep pension, other benefits. I just don't like the fact that his parents are paying this officer to go on and live, and that's troubling. Well said. Seven other Memphis officers were fired after Nichols died following a traffic stop on January 7th. Five of them are charged with second-degree murder. Smith is not charged in Nichols' death. Just the supervisor of this crew, former. The decertification documents against Lieutenant Smith reveal additional details about his actions that night. Smith heard Nichols say, I can't breathe, as he was propped up against a squad car, but failed to get him medical care or remove his handcuffs, according to the report. AP reporting on this. Smith also didn't get reports from other officers about using force and told Nichols' family he was driving under the influence, even though there was no information to support a charge. Documents said. Investigators said Smith decided without evidence that Nichols was on drugs or drunk. And video captured him telling Nichols, you done took something when he arrived at the scene. Additionally, Smith did not wear his body camera. That violated police department policy. His actions were captured on the body cameras of other officers, his subordinates, according to the documents. The U.S. Department of Justice is currently reviewing the Memphis Police Department policies on the use of force, de-escalation strategies, and specialized units in response to Nichols' death. It strikes me, Francesca, and I'll start backwards. Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice currently reviewing use of force. That, that's a red herring because no force was necessary here to begin with. What do you mean your yeah. use of force? It's ridiculous. But there's so many layers here, and I'll let you unpack them first. <laughs> well, I mean, I just, yeah, you start with, this supervisor and and the fact that he was able to retire before ever being held accountable is where I think we all need to start when it comes to police brutality and violence, right? You know, if we can agree, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, no matter what your, you know, uh, income level, no matter where you live, if you can agree that bad actors should be held accountable, let's start there. Right. Because that truly is what is holding up any kind of better behavior from those who are supposed to protect and serve us is the fact that you can retire with full benefits and pension. That is taxpayers money. Right. And it, again, this is a qualified immunity. These are the steps that President Biden, that Congress, that on a statewide level in Tennessee and then in Memphis, you have a city council person there saying, gee, I didn't realize that you could do this, and that seems pretty wrong. So let's just start there. It is egregious that he was beaten. It is egregious that he is, he is he's not going home to his mother every day as he used to. It's egregious that his life was cut short, but let's just focus on how we stop it from happening again. And if they know, the supervisors and other folks and police officers know that they're gonna be held accountable, maybe that would stop them. 
But I don't know, Sharon, the buck stopped with him and he, he was there and he oversaw the whole thing and he gets to walk away. Don't you usually, wouldn't that be, if this were a crime, right? It's not the sort of the mob boss. Like if you're the head honcho, sure. shouldn't you be the first one or at least still on the hook for all of this? But no, instead the lackeys get it. They're, they're being, you know, charged. Yeah, even John Gotti got caught in the end. Okay, <laughs> and you know, okay, maybe it's not fair, but maybe it is. We saw him in the perp walks, right? We saw totally. him, he was dressed impeccably. And all we saw was him in the perp walks. And it seems to me that these commissioners, council members speaking out, it sounds wonderful. And I perhaps have no right to put on them something that I don't know necessarily is there, but we all know, at least they do, what the process is going in. So it's nice to make these speeches afterwards and say things like, well, this upsets me. Tyree Nichols' parents are paying for this officer in retirement. Mm -hmm. What is taking so long? Change? the process, because I assure you, if it were Sharon Reed or Francesca Fiorentini <laughs> accused in something like this, baby, in a split second, okay, I hope you got a savings account because your lights would be out, okay? Yeah. We wouldn't see that beautiful background <laughs> behind you. <laughs> my, I'll give you the last My lights word. would be out. My Maybe little... are off. Yeah, yeah, you got a battery? You got a battery, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's look, it's we're in a week where Fox News just settled for seven hundred and eighty seven million dollars. And, you know, nobody died. Yes, there were consequences, obviously, for spinning, uh, you know, rumors and falsities about um, Dominion law, uh, voting machines. But five hundred and fifty million. Yeah, Definitely, absolutely, for the loss of your child who did nothing wrong but was driving home while black, um, to be brutally assaulted, uh, not in any kind of what, what could be even a shred of interpretation as uh, officers being under attack, fearing for their lives, no weapons were found. This was an innocent person who was killed, but in the process, brutalized, terrorized, and of course his entire family, 550 million, let's start there. I know it sounds like a lot, but let's start there. And the second thing, I'm, last thing I'm gonna say is, the taxpayers are also paying for that. You know, taxpayers are also paying for all of these settlements. So I ask everyone, what do we want our money to go to? What? How much are these police actually more of a liability on our taxes, you know, taxes just happened, how much are they a liability and how much are they actually keeping us safe? Yeah, for all these people out there who consider themselves conservatives and want to talk about the money and preserving money and a waste of tax dollars, there's your breadcrumbs. We'll Absolutely. start there.